0: You're listening to a very special Longbox Crusade episode, The 12 Days of Crusadeness, 2019.
1: Somebody done been to the Walmart.
0: Man, that's just the stuff I got for Christmas. Well,
1: you cleaned up, what'd you get? Five flannel shirts. Four big mud tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT fo you got Jeff. There's twelve days to Christmas. I know that. I got it covered. Look over in the corner. That's yours too. Yeah, twelve pack of Bud, eleven wrestling tickets, ten of Copenhagen, nine years probation, eight table dancers, seven packs of Redman, six cans of Spam.
2: Four flannel shirts,
1: four Big Mite tires, three shotgun shells, two hunting dogs, and some parts to a Mustang GT. Man, these ain't normal Christmas presents. Ah, no, the redneck gifts. Redneck gifts? Yeah, you know, like if you buy your wife earrings that double as fishing lures, or if you can burp the entire chorus of Jingle Bells. Perhaps if you think the Nutcracker is something you did off of the high dive, or if you've ever misspelled anything in Christmas lights, or if you leave cold beer and pickled eggs for Santa Claus. What's wrong with that? I didn't say anything wrong with it. It's hard to beat twelve pack of Bud, eleven wrestling tickets, ten of Copenhagen, nine years probation, eight table dancers, seven packs of Redman, six Kansas Bud.
0: Tires, three shotgun Seven nams Hello and welcome to the seventh installment of the 12 Days of Crusadeness brought to you by the Longbox Crusade. The 12 Days of Crusadeness is our gift to the comic-loving podcast community to celebrate the holiday season. And we're celebrating this joyous season by sharing with you some often overlooked comic book titles that may have gotten by you in the past. Each day of the 12 Days of Crusademus will bring you a new hidden gem of a comic series brought to you either by one of our jingling all the way co-hosts or one of our podcast celebrity guests until we get all the way to December 25th, Christmas Day. I'm your host for this seventh day of Crusademus, Delvin Williams, a.k.a. your Christmas web. And here are the right jolly old elves joining me for today's unwrapping. First up, we have the founder of the Longbox Crusade. It is Pat Sampson, a.k.a. DJ Chris Tatos. Merry Christmas, Pat.
3: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How are you? I'm
0: good. How are you?
3: I'm doing all right. You know, I got some, uh, I know, you can even smell it. I'm baking some cookies some Freshly Christmas Cookies for you guys. No. Oh, that, that's that's nice so of you. Around the fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is there anything? In- is
4: there anything we should mm. know about these cookies?
3: No, they'll be frosted. Yep. yep. Um,
4: With... What's in the frosting? Mm
3: -hmm. Coloring for the frosting. I make a little white one for the snowman, yellow for the stars, green for the Christmas trees. You
0: said white and snow. and (laughs) Mm -hmm.
4: Yeah, and I saw that wink in there,
0: too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm just going to leave that alone and going to keep moving. So next up, we have Jared Albrecht, a.k.a. the Yard Sale Artist, a.k.a. Death Probe. Merry Christmas, Derek. Merry Christmas,
5: Delvin. And I'm just so happy to be here with everybody. I don't have any witty pre-planned
0: remarks, so I will just say Merry Christmas. That's all. Oh, you know what? I feel like I should provide you with a witty comment. So I'll take Jared's and provide one of my own. I figured all of you guys, I know you're 007 fans. He's like a big, big fan of, you know, shiny, flashy things. So I decided to merge those two. And everybody's Christmas stocking, I have Gold Bond for
5: you. (laughs) gold bond oh. I thought I thought for sure a silver hand silver I was I thing was, was gonna come
2: I out.
0: did not land on gold bond gold you
2: bond
0: know, we're, we're not always having to do the silver hands. I mean I have other tricks in my I have one other trick <laughs> In-
3: I think that's something I might be able to maybe uh, you know export that up to Mongo for some chafing <laughs> that happens up there.
5: Hey, you boys say something about James Vaughn? Oh God! Oh no! Oh, I just I just came in here. I uh, I got dinner for everybody. Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell.
0: That's dinner the, time for crochet. That That's the gift that keeps on giving. Mm. Right? Oh, Do you have any Doritos
4: Locos Tacos
3: in there? I've got a little of everything, and uh,
5: okay. oh, Pat, I can smell the cocaine cookies.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Those are for dessert, Sean. You have to eat your tacos first. <laughs> Who's that over on the couch? You brought a you brought a damn cop in here. <laughs>
0: Sean, we're not there yet. Go back oh, to your room. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and while he's going back to his room, I will introduce none other than Jason Albright, a.k.a. Weasel Skull. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Jason.
4: Merry Christmas, Delvin. I'm still looking up under that tree for a box about the size of, uh, oh, let's see. Sky Striker? Hmm. Is this something new you've discovered? <laughs> I'm just looking. I'm just saying we are getting close. And I, I'm getting a little nervous. I'm not seeing the Sky Striker box under there.
0: Well, I mean, you, you know what they always say you're never getting a Sky Striker, so stop trying for it, Jason. <laughs> That's a very common known saying. Yeah. I don't know if you know that. I saw it on a Christmas card earlier this week. <laughs> it's a thing, Pat. all We're right. gonna get it never gonna <laughs>
4: Yes, leave. I know. I hear you, Pat. I'm gonna I'm gonna get
0: a Sky Striker one way or another. And also joining us around the fire with hot cocoa in hand is our very, very special guest for this episode. He is the lucky winner of the Crusaders Club Crusademus Miracle. We asked our club members who would be interested in a Crusademus slot. And then had a random generator and we chose the winner. And it is the Toronto cop. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? And we're calling him Derek.
1: What was it before you changed it?
6: (laughs) Oh, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, dude, we're glad to have you. Uh, We're glad you won. It's great to see you in person. It's great Mm -hmm. to have you nestled around the fire with us. We are looking forward to this.
3: You can yes, take I'm one of these cookies well. I made for
6: you. Well, up here in Canada, some of the items that you might put in those cookies are actually legal. So oh. you guys are all oh. uptight down there. <laughs>
4: we might be moving.
5: We're moving that studio, hey, boys. Hey, <laughs> in Washington, they're legal too. So two <laughs> <done a> <laughs> things here: one, we might need to move to Canada, and two. Uh, <laughs>
1: relatively safe tonight because we're out of his jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty
0: much.
3: All right. Well, in that case, Sean, pass out those pipes.
0: <laughs> and while these guys are passing out pipes and cookies and felonies,
3: generally passing out, <laughs>
0: I'm going to offer a quick question to the listening audience. Do you want to guess a lot on next year's Crusaders? Of course you do. Just make sure that you are a Crusaders Club member by going to patreon.com slash crusade and join for as little as $1 a month, then be on the lookout for our post looking for guests and just reply to it with your interest and stay sharp. The Crusade Miss interest post usually shows up around April. Now, with that out of the way, let me ask Derek, what do you have gift wrapped in that stocking?
6: Well, as you've heard in the uh, my horrible singing intro, today is seven nams a naming, which means we're unwrapping... Nam number eight from the nineteen eighty six Marvel Comic Series. Now for a brief history about this series, the Nam series ran from nineteen eighty six to nineteen ninety three with eighty four issues. The writer was Doug Murray, The penciler was Michael Golden, and editor was Larry Hama. Yeah, that's right. Larry, been faking it all my life, Hama. (laughs) The goal of the series was to realistically represent the truth about war as told through the eyes of the average soldier. Each month, a comic was issued. It would also represent a month of time that each character was in-country. Each month, the reader learned about being a soldier in Vietnam, and so did the characters you were following. The reader watched characters grow into hardened soldiers. With each monthly issue of the Nam, characters would rotate out as if in real life. Hama wanted to capture the realism with this comic. It wasn't about making money to him or his team. And this series starts with uh, Private. I don't know what the how you guys do your ranks on that. This series starts with PFC Ed Marks. Is that right?
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Yeah. The series starts with PFC Ed Marks as a fresh recruit arriving in 1966 Vietnam. Some of the main reasons I love this book are the realism of the comic. The equipment, the guns, the vehicles, the history, everything about it. Let's face it, in the 80s we were inundated with media about the war. Movies, TV shows, and even an RPG game. I love that the time is a real concept. People die in real life and so do the characters. It's about as realistic as a kid in the 80s can get while still having
4: the comics code on the front cover. Have any of you guys read the Nam before? Jason? I dabbled in it briefly in the 80s when it first came out. Didn't really stick with me at the time, but really recently, actually, my brother Jared got me a giant size issue of the Nam, which I think had like the first four or six stories in there. And I read that cover to cover and have really enjoyed it. Delvin? No,
0: Derek. I've never read The Nam. I've seen it. I know what it is. I knew it existed, but I have never read it. This was my very first time.
3: Pat? I have not read the NOM either. Again, saw it on the shelves, would see it, you know, out in back bins as well too, but never really grabbed any. Um, just recently been picking more and more up knowing that it's got Larry behind it. Even makes it more interesting to me. So uh, this was my first read. And Jared.
5: I probably have the most NOM experience everybody here. The comic. Not I wasn't old enough to surf. Uh, <laughs> like Jason, dabbled in the 80s. I think I was a little more into it than Jason was in the 80s. I remember reading several issues i think because at the time it was very into g.i joe i was probably a little too young to really understand what i was watching but i was watching the tv show tour of duty and this kind of slid in nicely with that but that's a long way of saying yes i've read some nom, and just like jason and pat in recent years i've really gotten back into it in fact i've had the first 25 issues hardbound uh here, <laughs> here in my book mm-hmm. i've only i've i've told them that about six times before we started mm-hmm. recording
2: so
5: <laughs> So, yes, I'm excited and I'm glad you brought Nam. I think this is a a terrific comic, but we'll see how many Candy Kings I give it later on. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's interesting you did
6: talk about Tour of Duty. I know I'm kind of going off script here. That was one of my big favorite shows as well as a kid. And I actually pulled it up to see when they ran it. And they ran it from uh, 87 to 90. So it was right in that whole sort of time frame. And I don't know if you guys have picked it up or looked at it on YouTube or anything like that. Since the original series came out and you watched it as a kid on TV, the music was fantastic. They had real songs. Like Rolling Stones, like all the great bands. Now, when you watch it, they've like pumped in like almost like Zamfir and the pan flute, trying to make it sound like it was rock. Absolutely horrible. (laughs) They didn't pay for the credit except for one season.
4: Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. But, yeah, because I remember, yeah, it was like painted It Black. Paint It Black o- was like, o- o- like o- hey, o- yes. D-
6: yes, they sort of made a shortened version of it, and he was pulling back the, uh, the caulking lever on the back of the rifle right at the beginning, and that's when it came in with the drums, and now it doesn't do that. It's horrible. Charging oh, wow. handle. Yes.
5: Is <laughs> <laughs> that action film face-off? <laughs> oh sorry. <laughs> was
6: the wrong. Okay, for today's episode, I asked the boys to read the Nam 8. Uh, I had a hard time choosing an issue because I really do like this series. I truly enjoyed the first few issues of the series because as a reader, you are green and naive to what is happening, just like the main character PFC Mark. I chose episode 8 because as a kid, this one stuck out. The other issue I was torn on was number 7, and that was the issue about the war as seen through the eyes of a South Vietnamese soldier. It was 50-50 for me, but I figured this one would sort of capture the essence. For a quick summary of this particular episode, number eight follows PFC Mark volunteering to accompany a tunnel runner. And that's the term they use in it as opposed to a tunnel rat. Specialist 5 Frank Verzil. I, I tried to look that up. Once again, it's an American term. I don't know. Is that like an E5 grade? Is that like a sergeant? I'll let Jason take it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> there aren't actually specialist fives anymore. They did away with those uh, shortly after Vietnam. But yeah, it's a, a specialist was its own series where it was an enlisted person that was considered like a subject matter expert in his field, but wasn't in a leadership position like a corporal or a sergeant.
6: Okay. So specialist fifth class Verzil. The slang term is spec five. Spec five. Okay. Spec five. They go into a Viet Cong tunnel that is accidentally discovered. The pair clear the underground bunkers of uh, enemy soldiers with Frank teaching Ed about the dangers lurking below. Ed still has lots to learn and the pair narrowly escape with their life. There's an interesting second half to the short story in the end of the comic with the tunnel rat Frank. It all loops back around to the front story and the front cover. And I don't want to give away too much for the listeners in case they want to read this one. So what did you guys think of this one, Delvin?
0: Man, I'm the first one up. All right. I looked at this thing and as I told you, I've never read a name before and I shouldn't have been surprised that it was about Vietnam and it was going to be a little dark, I guess. Since we were talking about you know, rock bands and stuff before like the rock band that I thought of was Alice in Chains. The song Rooster was playing through my head and I don't know what freaking mental space I was in but reading that book like goodness gracious this is dark <laughs> and it particularly hit me the troop that was traumatized from being in the tunnels, and then the lieutenant tried to send him back into the tunnel and he shot the lieutenant and then was crated off because I mean, he had just lost it and like him going to the plane and oh my Greatness. That affected me. And what's weird is, I mean, I've been deployed, but I mean, never to that extent. And may no one ever have to go through that stuff again. It was a gripping read and it certainly did get my attention. That's for damn sure.
6: Okay. I do like, like you said, the, the realism as far as it's not just a shoot up comic where you have your guy running ahead outside a perfect cover. Yeah. And that was, it's realistic. And that's what I, I like about this series, even as a kid and now as an adult looking back, especially in my line of work now, things affect you differently than as a kid looking at this comic and obviously I I was never deployed or anything like that this would obviously um, have a lot of impact on you guys that have been deployed so Uh, Gary
0: why did you want to read this as a kid was there something that stuck out to you about it that made you want to read it well first
6: of all G.I. Joe was huge at the time so you were sort of looking for anything that was related to that and then also all the various movies and various TV like I said we were inundated with stuff think about this this came out in what year did I say 19... uh, 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 This one was in, yeah, 1986. So that's not very long after the war. So it's only, what, 10, 15 years uh, after the actual end of the war. So it was still there. You had a lot of vets that were still around and that sort of stuff. And then, I mean, we got Tour of Duty. We touched on that. We didn't have cable, so we only could watch what was ever on TV. And there was a CBC TV series called the Vietnam, the 10,000 day war. It was about a, I guess a reporter that was embedded in Vietnam. And I guess that was actually the first war where they really were embedded. And you got to see actually what war was really like as opposed to the glamorized World War two, you know, films and, and things mm-hmm. like that. So you get to see that over and over. And then, you know, the movies you had more of a propaganda film, the green berets, the deer hunter, apocalypse now platoon, good morning Vietnam. Full Metal Jacket, Hamburger Hill, Born on the Fourth of July, Casualties of War. And those are sort of like the main ones. So, I mean, as a kid, you watch that and you're like, you know what? I want to see that. And when you read this book, there's so much in it. It talks about the truth of what it really was, the politics of it, the reality of it, so that it is not glamour and you actually get to see what it's like. And like I said, at the time, compared to G.I. Joe, you would have an APC that was in Vietnam that looked correct versus the various APCs, the Cobra Hiss, the whatever. <laughs> It was real. And, you know, watching the cartoons on that with G.I. Joe, it was all lasers and no one ever got shot. Whereas this was real. It just stuck with me as a kid. Not so much, I think, that I followed it all the way along. It got very heavy. If you look through some of the covers, there's that famous picture, I think it was on Time Life, where there was a a soldier executing another one, Vietnamese soldier. I mean, it's a very heavy, like you said, it's a heavy comic. But I think it's important in that there's a lot of people that were deployed in Vietnam that said that they could actually give this book to a kid. It could explain what they went through as opposed to, once again, being glamorized. Yeah, there you got it. Jared's got it there on the on the cover. So. I mean, it's kind of a heavy subject, but I think it's a great comic, and it's sort of almost like Game of Thrones, and if you like a character, that character can die at any minute, because that's reality. Uh, That's why I chose that. Pat, what did you think?
3: Again, being my first read, too, I kind of agree with Delvin. I wasn't really sure what to expect going into it. It's totally right that this is way different than reading a G.I. Joe. You do have that realisticness, how they went into the tunnels, and what they all found down there. I'm like, wow, boy, it takes a lot to do, and not knowing what you're going to get yourself into, or what other people you're going to meet down there, and just some of those people—just one that was sacrificing himself with a, you know, a grenade around them that they found—and boy, just really interesting. And I think it goes back to when you said there was a lot of movies at this time when this was coming out. And the more I start reading this, the more it makes me go back to a, one of my favorite movies—is *Uncommon Valor*. Good one. Oh, that yeah. is a good one. That's yeah. a good one too i remember watching that movie over and over again on hbo and all that whenever they would have that on i would just be you know just so memorized by that and thinking wow that's those guys really went through a lot and you can see that in that movie as well too but yeah then then the two stories kind of split but yet still kind of tell about each other so i was not sure what the second story was all about until he started reading it and i really liked that one too perfect jared what did you think i didn't actually read the issue
5: <laughs> oh, I was waiting.
3: to <laughs> You don't deserve that bounded book.
5: <laughs> I liked it a lot. I've actually done a fair amount of my own individual research over the years about the what I would call tunnel rat phenomenon. Tunnel runner. Apparently, maybe the tunnel rat term came later. Interesting. This really just synced up with everything that I'd read uh, in real life about tunnel rats and the tunnel experience in Vietnam. Jason always had those kind of books laying around.
4: Yeah, you gonna... read that Tunnels of Coochie, didn't you? I think I probably <laughs> did. So
5: I just thought it was highly accurate. And of course, this is Michael Golden. Yeah, yep, and Doug Murray. Doug Murray and and my main man, John Beatty, friend of the show. So I want to jump off on that real quick. I think having Michael Golden launch this series was a really good idea, especially with his art style, which pushed the limits a little bit towards cartoony and I think that lets you get away with a little more it just pushes it just out of it it's not so heavy mm-hmm. a more realistic artist and, and, and you might be like I just can't take anymore <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not besmirching Golden at all I think he's perfect on this and so I just didn't want us to get too bogged down in the Vietnam subject matter I want us to take a step back and appreciate the really really great art in this
3: book oh yeah I'll second that that made it a little easier to kind of read through it having that nice art
4: I liked about it too is the way they rendered the characters they look human they don't look like superheroes they look like kids that are
0: in the middle of some some terrible stuff They look so young and that made it even not worse as far as quality of the comic, but worse. Like these are kids over here Mm -hmm. doing it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I also like the
6: way the characters, their faces do also look very, they're a little bit more comic-y, but everything Mm -hmm. else is very real. So, yeah, you're right. It does sort of subdue it a bit now that you say that. I I, I never even realized that. And then last we have, not least, Jason. No, it's least.
4: Yeah. Wow, I'll go over Christmas too. I'm, I'm gonna get you a box of wrapped cat turds. <laughs> Again? A, you've been you better I'm not your secret Santa. That's all Yeah, you guys have touched on a lot of it. Like Jared was saying, I read a lot about the tunnel rats in Vietnam. And this comic obviously paid a lot of attention to detail. Everything from when he was teaching him how to hold the light to the traps with the poisonous snakes. I think they called them like two-steppers because you get like two steps and then you're pretty much gone. Jared talked about the art. I think the art is... Brutal, yet gorgeous. You have kind of the bright panels. They have highly detailed equipment with the jeeps with the mud splatter on it. And then you get into the tunnels and it's dark and ominous and there's a lot of close in focus. Yeah, and I think we touched a little bit about the history of it. I think after the Vietnam War, we had kind of this period where America wanted to forget about it, and so there wasn't a lot of stuff that was on film or, you know, on TV, except for things that kind of were heavy and talked about all the negative sides of the Vietnam War. And then when the 80s came about, I think, with Reagan, and then there was kind of that super patriotism vibe, we got a lot of movies like Ram and missing in action and things that kind of glorified it. So then you kind of had this renaissance of Vietnam War movies. I think that this comic really is kind of a niche with Larry and his team trying to say, this is what it's really like. You know, I'm really glad that you picked this one because I think it's kind of forgotten. And I think as I'm reading through it, it's some of the most realistic stuff that you can get on the Vietnam War. I've rambled on enough, but uh, I'll just leave it with, I really
6: liked it. Okay, good. Now it's time to rate your interest in this series using the official Crusade Miss Candy Cane scale. On a scale of 1 to 12 candy canes, 12 being extremely interested, and 1 being no interest at all, how many candy canes would you rate your interest in pursuing more issues
5: of this title, Jared? Ooh, I get the lead off. I'm actively collecting this title. I look for it specifically out of bins. My initial thought, 11 candy canes, but it's getting the baby bump since my good buddy, John Beatty did some wonderful work on this. And we're going full 12 candy canes for the nom. Whoa. Baby bump, baby, baby bump. <laughs> Amazing. I uh, love this book. I seek it out, my friend.
6: True story. There, I found a comic book store close to us right now. And I went in there and they had a whole bunch of episodes for a buck each.
5: Ooh. Can and, I send you my needs list? <laughs>
2: (laughs)
6: Jason, what do you think?
4: So I'm going to break some of my own rules on this one. I've always said that I score this on humor, heart, spectacle, and art. And I'll say there's actually some humor in there. I actually chuckled in this book on that scene where they have the officer and all the NCOs, and they're all talking in a circle. And the private sitting there is like, "Oh, that's not good." Yeah. And then the officers and the, the NCOs are all looking over their way. And he's like, "That's really not good." <laughs> I thought that was funny. That brought back some memories. But at any rate, I'm throwing this whole scoring thing out the window because this this is a series that I've come to appreciate as very unique. This is history captured in comic book form it deserves its own niche and it
0: deserves all 12 candy cans amazing amazing delvin what do you think i am never quite on the same page with jason and jared when it comes to historical fiction generally i stay away from it and i don't i don't know why i wouldn't say i have a hatred or anything for the material and then having read this which i'm very glad i did and listening to some of the perspective that you have to offer, Derek, and, and that the other guys, I think that a book like this, if it were mainstream now, be very educational. Not getting on my soapbox too much, but I think that people think that war is akin to something like a video game, and it is not. Uh, it is not anything that anyone should ever want to be a part of, ever. And reading a book like that, like nam eight brought that to very realistic focus so i will give it a nine i hope that reflects i mean it's not as glowing as jason and jared but hopefully that shows that i think this was very good and i did enjoy the read
2: that's good I mean,
0: it's very respectful <laughs> <laughs> you got something to
4: say to me? <laughs> no, Comrade Delvin. We hear you. No, I think that's legit. I really Good. <laughs> we should move on the pack.
6: Pat. Pat. Thoughts and opinions.
3: You know, there is a niche for this comic. Uh, it was back then and it is now. If you watch on the social media that we're all in, you know, I think we're all kind of in the same groups now. There, there's a lot of people that are really into the war comics still. You know, you got, you know, you got Dave, you got Kirk, you got Ross, Ross Michaud. Yep. Uh, so you, you got all those guys, and I like to see that stuff uh, when they're tweeting and doing all that, because it makes me go, well, there's is there something here that I'm missing that I want to read or, or, or that I should be reading? You know, it's not always, you know, capes and tights and sci-fi and all that that's out there. There's this kind of stuff, and it opens your eyes up, too, like Delvin said, you know, the real world and how it's happening. So that's a long way of going about it, but I'm going to give it a 10. You know, I will seek out more, like Jared said, in, if I'm going to find it in the bins or if anybody wants to send any of my money. Okay. You know,
4: <laughs> maybe a hardbound edition. Yeah.
3: yeah, no. <laughs> we could always use a good war podcast on the network too, if someone is interested. What is a good yeah. war? Absolutely not. Say it again. (laughs) So yeah, I'm giving it a ten. You know, and just having that good art by Mike Golden and uh, inked by John Beatty. You know, friend of the show, John, personal friend.
6: (laughs) Very good. I can't remember if I said his name right. So I think I said Beatty.
4: It's okay. He loves it. He loves it. uh, It's actually pronounced Beati.
6: (laughs) (laughs) It's Italian. It's (laughs) frigidly. Okay, so one last recommendation for the series, and we talked on it, and I had some notes here that if you love the TV series Tour of Duty, you will love this. It's realistic, it's authentic, it's entertaining, and then two words: Larry Frickin Hama. <laughs> yeah, the guy who created GI Joe. Yes. <laughs> Thank me later, Mike drop.
0: <laughs> Derek, have you ever podcasted before? No. Premiere episode. (laughs) Oh,
2: it's
0: so sweet. So, we we broke uh, Derek in with this crusademus, and uh, I, for one, uh, say that he did a fantastic job. So, I'm going to go out of my way to do a little bit of clapping here. Thank you, man. Thank you.
5: Thank you for coming here. You were prepared. He kept it to the time limits, he put up with our shenanigans. That's pretty much better than what we do on a.
4: It's almost like he respects law and order. I
0: don't don't know. (laughs) Yep. So, Derek, appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for coming on. We
6: loved having you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I hope the the subject wasn't too heavy for the Christmas time. But I do think that the series is an excellent series. And anyone that is actually myself not being in the military, but I think you guys would really enjoy episode number one. If you get a chance and you haven't read it, Delvin, you would like it. I think you guys touched on it before. I can't remember what show it was. You talked about an airplane landing real quick
2: mm.
6: uh, when you were going in-country. On Bad Landing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of touches on something similar to that. I don't want to ruin it, but if you uh, take a read of that and it, it's sort of an eye-opener for the character as he first arrives, brand new, I think you'd really like it.
0: Okay. Anything else? Anyone? Anyone? Uh, I'm
5: just going to echo what you said. Thanks for being here, Derek. Thanks for bringing a cool comic. and Congratulations on winning, if it's, you can consider it winning. <laughs> <laughs> It was almost like communism where there was only one choice. (laughs) But, yes, thank you for being a loyal Crusaders Club member. Yes, uh, yes. And uh, thanks for for doing this with us.
0: Well, thanks for having me. And that will wrap up today's gift-giving session of the 12 Days of crusaders. We'd love to hear from you if you're familiar with any of the comics we cover here on the show. Or if you give one of our recommendations a try, let us know what you think. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Crusade. Email address contact at longboxcrusade.com. We'll compile all of the feedback for all 12 Days of Crusadements and cover it in the next full episode of the Longbox Crusade. If you want to hear more from our special guests, Where can they find you out on the internet, Derek?
6: On Twitter, I'm at TorontoCop86442.
0: Awesome. And if you're loving Crusademus and did not get a chance to listen last year, if you scroll back far enough on our feed, you can find all 12 episodes from Crusademus 2018 or even... 2017.
6: This Thanks is- for listening, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow to find out what the next gift is for underneath the tree here in the festively decorated Longbox Crusade Studios. Until then, DJ Crusados play one of my favorite Christmas jams.
2: A poor orphan girl named Maria was walking to market one day. She stopped for to rest by the roadside. Where a bird with a broken wing lay A few moments passed till she saw it For its feathers were covered with sand And soon cleaned and wrapped it was traveling In the warmth of Maria's small hand She happily gave her last peso Cage made of rushes and twine. She fed it loose corn from the market, watched it grow stronger with time. Now the gift giving service was coming, and the church arm with tinsel and light. And all of the town folk brought presents. For one ragged bird in a small cage spoke to her through the darkness, Maria, what brings you to me? If the bird in the cage is your offering, open the door, let me see. So she trembled, she did ask, All songs,
0: song clips, and characters discussed are copyright of their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. We are just fans that like to share our love of comics.
5: Outtakes! Well, we're thrilled to death to have you here. We we get to read your name so often and just to be able to chat with you is is a pleasure. Thank you for carving out the time. And yeah. for protecting and serving. You know, some people protect mm-hmm. some people
3: some serve. People serve. But you're
5: protecting <laughs> and <laughs> serve. It's on the side of the car.
4: <laughs> <laughs> is it in French and English or just No, just English. Oh, okay. Do you yeah. speak French?
6: A little bit. A little bit. All All right. My kids my kids speak
4: French. Trey BM yes <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, they'll knock over with that. Oh, we got fancy on this show.
5: <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fancy pants in the corner there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of imagine that we're all in a living room, we're all sitting on couches and there's a fire going and it's uh Do we
3: all have like single couches or no, you enough, and I are uh, a Patreon money to Pat. get like, you know, a couch and a love seat oh. and now Pat and I are on there, the if you're
5: on, Ooh, yeah. if you're on a love seat, Mary Jane sitting right next to. you. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> Sean's like he's like drunk passed out sleep with the eggnog on his belly.
4: Like the grandfather from the uh, Christmas vacation.
5: One of the on one of the folding chairs. Oh goodness. It's always bitter cuz nobody helps him put up decorations nor take yeah. them down and Clinton Robinson lives in our basement. Nice. Don't let him out.
6: Nice. You guys gonna make fun of my accent as well, or
4: uh... what accent? I haven't yeah. even. Sounds just like Pat.
5: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Take off, eh? <laughs> we,
5: can't, we, can't, <laughs> we can't
6: really understand <laughs> Pat either. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> oh bloody hell! Oh wait, that's the wrong area. <laughs>
6: Well, whenever you have need for a, uh, what do you call it, the authentic police uh, opinion, I'm around. All right. Uh, you have your military. Uh, guys got that covered. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: But, we yeah. do. We do. And uh, Pat's a felon, so.
6: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, about that break and enter into that
5: kid's shed. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, that's all the time we have for this episode. <laughs> Damn. What's, what's the, the statues on that? Uh... Yeah, what's the statue limitation? limitations? Were you 18?
4: Were you uh, legally an adult at that point in time, or were you still a Jew? Dang, man, I can't slip
5: nothing past the turn I've got.
6: <laughs> and when I've uh, run out of podcasts with you guys, where I work, uh, we have a, a pretty big uh, concentration of uh, Mandarin-speaking Chinese. Uh, so I actually listen to podcast on that, on how to speak and learn different words. So then that way, Education. Uh, Oh Yes, what?
5: you're wasting your time learning things. <laughs> <laughs> we got these nuts jokes. <laughs> when
6: these these nuts are all done,
4: may as <laughs> <laughs> well learn something. I how, how do you
6: say these nuts in Mandarin?
5: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe we need to start listening. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> See, we got a whole other episode now. We've got, like, a interview with a crusader club <laughs> about yeah. what they do. So we can turn that into a little... Who are the people, the people, in, your people in your neighborhood? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't I want, you want to get like, me to sing like, that? <laughs> like so excited to have a Canadian listener. Remember? It's <laughs>
4: yeah, like, oh! oh international. Yes, we got international! <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, <laughs> spread the word, man. Recruit for us. Find your other nerd friend.
6: I know one guy is big into Star Wars. Huge.
0: Elvin,
6: <laughs> <laughs> <Hold on, wait.
0: laughs>
3: Is that Star Trek? No. <laughs> No, that's Trekker Talk.
5: Yes, exactly. <laughs> talk.
6: I like the segues into the music. I really like that because uh, a lot of the times uh, you'll say things and exactly that. I'm thinking the same song. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. you, have you guys seen that show Cop Rock? It was like only like a couple seasons or if one. I
4: remember. He, I remember. <laughs> I of this one.
5: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
4: yeah. That's me at work. <laughs>
5: <laughs> I think Delvin just
3: left. Nope, still <laughs> no, still around. He's going there. to get his Cop Rock DVDs.
5: <laughs> I know. Um, Love cop oh, I know rock I'm gonna know. get
3: him for Christmas. <laughs> cop rock. We said
5: cop rock, <laughs> then Cop rock. It's oh. hard as a rock, boys. <laughs> <laughs>